Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul, and welcome to episode 19, where we are going to talk about the creepy origins of nursery rhymes or children's songs. This got way darker and more um, convoluted than I ever thought it was going to be. So my babo and I have been listening to a lot of nursery rhymes and children's songs, like so much, like so much. Um, the current fixation as of right now is listening to super simple songs. It's a um, channel on YouTube um, and it has just exactly what it sounds like, super simple songs all day, every day. That's what we listen to. <laughs> Um, and there are certain ones that she likes more than others. Like, I think right now the favorites are the happy song, um, which is funny because I think it's cute, but my husband is like totally over it because the main word is happy. So it's like happy, 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 happy. And then they change up how they say the word happy. So like higher pitched, lower pitched. Um, there's an underwater one where they like put their finger over their lips and they're like, happy, 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 happy. It's ridiculous. And I've been like, wow. And then the babo is like, oh, yeah, this is my jam. And then my husband's like, please, <laughs> please, why aren't there more lyrics? <laughs> and so that one is one where that happy song doesn't really creep me out. I guess it could be argued that it could creep some people out. But for me, I think it's cute. Um, but there have been some rhymes or some lullabies that have always creeped me out, like Rockabye Baby. So I'm going to, for a bunch of these, I'm going to um, recite them um, and, um, and or s- like not sing, sing them, but, you know, sing them. So you're reminded in case you haven't heard them for a while um, to hear about them in case you've never heard of them before. Like some of these I had never heard of before or um so I can be an asshole and these nursery rhymes can be stuck in your head all damn day. Because if I have to go through it, I'm taking you down with me, I guess. But the Rockabye Baby one is one that ever since I was really little and could understand the words, I've always been upset by. So that's Rockabye Baby on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come baby, cradle and all. And I was always horrified at that. And there's like a dark, dark truth behind it or a rumor, maybe. Um, apparently, that is in reference to, um, and I didn't know this until the writing, like the I was researching all of these. This isn't even the one that I, like originally what drew me into looking up the origins of nursery rhymes or lullabies. Um, but this was one I wanted to start with because this one has always creeped me out. But that was apparently related to the son of King James II of England and Mary of Modena. Um, there's this rumor that or speculation that the boy 
that was brought to them from the birthing room or was brought forth from the birthing room was not their son. Like the one that was shown to the king was not his son or maybe was not even was not even either of their son. Um, And apparently this was done to ensure that there was a male Catholic heir to the throne. And there's going to be a weird underlying repetitive thing going on that you'll hear about in a minute. But I'll get to that later. So the actual one that got me really into it, where I was like, what the hell? I had no idea that this was the, I knew some of them, but this one was the one I'd never heard of before. And it was through super simple songs that I heard it. Um, and I think it's called Wind the Bobbin Up. Um, it's a British song. I think that's why I had never heard it before. But it goes, wind. Oh my gosh. Kachu has graced us with his presence. So it goes, wind the bobbin up, wind the bobbin up, pull, pull, clap, clap, clap. And there are these like subsequent like hand gestures you're supposed to do with them. And at first I thought it was supposed to help with like gross motor movement, that kind of thing, like child development related. But apparently it's from Yorkshire, Yorkshire textile towns from uh, specifically related to child labor spinning cotton. And this is how they would teach the kids to spin cotton. Gross. So we're off to a great start. Um, the next one is Baba Black Sheep. Um, it goes, Baba Black Sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. One for my master and one for my dame and one for the little girl who lives down the lane. Um, this was also from England where there was a great custom tax on wool in 1275. Um, there, Whenever this nursery rhyme was brought over to the U.S., um, it, I think it was tweaked a little bit so that there was not the use of like baba black sheep so that it wasn't necessarily a black sheep so because there's like just a different connotation when talking about buying and selling things and then also like hair texture as well there was like there's just another connotation and stereotyping that goes on in the U.S. Um, maybe it's like this in the U.K. but unfortunately in the U.S. there's a lot of like really awful racist shit that goes down honestly um, and then also the use of master like even though in the U.K. it's probably not used the same way in the U.S. master has a different connotation to it so I believe it was tweaked what it was tweaked to I don't know because I wasn't able to see the U.S. version of this. I was only able to find the um, English version of this. So that was interesting. Uh, Another one is Goosey Goosey Gander. I had never heard of this one either. Um, It's a little horrifying. Apparently, it's propaganda of Protestants against the Catholic Church. Get ready to notice a pattern. <clears throat> During the 16th century, when King Henry the, I have to read Roman numerals, 7th, V-I-I, 5, 6, 7, yeah, the 7th was uh, in power or was reigning. So goes goosey goosey gander, whither shall I wander, upstairs and downstairs and in my lady's chamber. There I met an old man 
who hadn't said his prayers, so I took him by his left leg and threw him down the stairs. I... It just... Maybe... A thought process is like, we don't hurt people if they have different belief systems, creeds, or religions than us, but, you know, that's just like a novel idea, just saying. Um... So another one was Jack and Jill. And I always was under the impression that Jack and Jill meant was just like uh, kind of like John Doe and Jane Doe. Like it was just like John and Jane. It's like a a regular name just kind of thrown out there like a common name. But Jack and Jill actually um, goes like Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after. So this is related to the 17th century. King Charles I of England tried to increase taxes on alcohol. And alcohol was measured in jacks and gills with a G. But I bet you it was it was said like Jill. Um, because like the name Gillian with a G can be pronounced Gillian or Jillian, just depending. So anyway, so alcohol was measured in jacks and gills. Um, however, this tax failed. So instead, the king reduced the jack to one eighth of a pint and the jill became uh, two times the size of a jack. So the jack was reduced and then the jill came tumbling after. I thought that was very interesting. Um, I could also like even though I was thinking of it of like Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. It's like that kind of like sing song for little kids. I could also hear it being like a shanty or like a pub song or something I could totally see it being it's it has that rhythm to it the next one is London Bridge is falling down I was really surprised because I thought London Bridge is falling down was very specifically related to a time when the London Bridge fell down it, it goes London Bridge is falling down falling down falling down London Bridge is falling down my fair lady so some say it's related to the 1014 Viking attack, but then other people say it's related to just the regular old deterioration of the bridge because it's very old. Um, and then like the Viking attack is, is recorded to be from Olaf II of Norway, allegedly destroyed the London Bridge in the early 1000s. 1014 specifically but there's also like another thing saying oh well that never happened that was just bad propaganda against Norwegians so I'm like what happened (laughs) did it fall down or what or was it just sung by people who worked on it like did maintenance on it like that one was really nebulous like there's not really a lot of good information related to it so that one was weird oh okay so the next two are related to each other Um, okay. And this one I am planning on doing a bigger deep dive on, but Mary, Mary, quite contrary. So it goes, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow with silver bells and cockle shells and pretty maids all in a row? Oh, I'm already getting prickly. Okay. So this, unlike what I thought, has absolutely nothing to do with gardening. It has nothing to do with growing flowers. It has nothing to do with a beautiful summer's eve outside, outdoors in nature. 
It is actually related to the homicidal nature of Queen Mary I of England, a.k.a. Bloody Mary. From 1553 to 1558, she executed hundreds of Protestants. And the silver bells and cockle shells that are in the song are actually torture devices. I'm horrified. I'm I'm disgusted and horrified. The next one is three blind mice. So it goes, three blind mice, three blind mice. See how they run? See how they run? They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their tail with a carving knife. Have you ever seen such a sight in your life as three blind mice? That seems pretty self-explanatory. You think it's about cute mice. There's lots of children literature and songs and rhymes about mice. However, they think that this is actually related to a group of Protestant bishops, Hugh Latimer, Nicholas Radley, and Thomas Cranmer or Cranmer. And these were um, Thomas Cranmer specifically is the archbishop or was archbishop of Canterbury. And I know about Canterbury, one, because of the Canterbury Tales. I've never read them, but um, they're apparently, like, really cool and, like, epic stories and tales about these, um, you know, heroes. And so that sounds really neat. And I also know that because one of the, bear with me while we go down this caveat, horses, when every time they change into, like, a different gear, (laughs) I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's called a gate. So as they speed up, it goes walk, trot, and then in Western um, riding. So um, it goes walk, trot, lope, gallop, and then run. And um, in English riding, it's called walk, trot, canter, gallop, and run. And canter is com- is I what I heard was named after... This, this gate that most horses have is named after the Canterbury Tales. So I thought that was really cool because they were always on horseback and traveling. And I thought that was really cool. But anyway, so the Archbishop of Canterbury apparently conspired to have the queen, meaning Mary I of England, aka Bloody Mary. I will not say her name a third time. I'm sorry. I'm too superstitious. I'll get over it eventually. But today is not the day. Um, he tried to get her burned at the stake for heresy. He failed at that. Um, I would never want to be the person who attempted to kill someone and failed. That is quite, quite scary. Um, both of them, all these four people, Hugh Latimer, Nicholas Radley, Thomas Cranmer, and Queen Mary I, all very scary people. Um, but apparently the three blind mice, uh, the blindness refers to their religious belief, like they're blind to the actual truth of Catholicism. Like, oh my God, can't you see it? Oh my goodness. Just like the rivalries, like the rivalries. And I don't like, I know it's, it's, I'm not using a deep enough word. Like rivalry sounds like I'm describing like college football or something, but it's like, the fact that like people in power used religion to get people who didn't know what was going on to like hurt and kill each other or prosecute each other is gross. So just throwing that out, my two cents worth, you know. So the next one is probably the one that 
I thought I knew the most about. And I was surprised by this. So I'm going, it's Ring Around the Rosie. So it goes Ring Around the Rosie, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. So if you're like me, you probably heard it and you thought it had something to do with the bubonic plague or the black plague. Um, the ring around the rosy is like describing a red rash and it would get a ring around that as like one of the symptoms. Um, pockets full of posies was a way to carry like um, an aromatic uh, flower so that you wouldn't have to smell the rotting, you know, corpses that were all around you or the basic stench of where, like how people were living during the plague. And then ashes, we all fall down, is related to, I thought, the cremation of the mass deaths during that time because people became afflicted and died a lot and they didn't have enough room to bury everybody and they didn't have enough ways to like keep up with the amount of deaths and so they would mass cremate and then mass scatter the ashes that was what I thought it's still a possibility that still is a possibility but apparently it's more likely from the protestant religious ban on dancing which I didn't even know I swear every religion has something that they've tried, like organized religion has something they tried to ban and then people found some sort of loophole around it. And that's what this describes apparently. So in the 19th century in North America and in Britain, there was a Protestant ban on dancing. However, people found a loophole to this. This reminds me of Footloose so damn much. Okay, so people found a loophole. Every time I say loophole, I'm trying not to say like Footloose. So um, so this loophole were play parties. So in these play parties, there were things called ring games. So that's like ring, you know, related to the song. Um, and it was kind of like a square dance, they said, but it's it wasn't a dance they weren't dancing they were just all moving the same way choreographed at the same time but they weren't dancing so you know also there was no music um so they would maybe recite things at the same time or move their and move their bodies at the same time i i'm kind of imagining it like cheerleading um and not the the tumbling or dancing routines that cheerleaders are able to do like more like the cheering portion of it during like a game but anyway that I'm still not totally understanding and I don't know if the bubonic plague has no influence on it at all I don't know if both of these things happened but that one I was really surprised about because I'd never heard of play parties before um and I had no idea (laughs) that there was an actual ban on dancing. Oh my goodness. I didn't think Footloose had any credence in the real world, but I should have listened. You know why I don't know about it? It's because Kevin Bacon saved the day for everybody. That's why I have no idea that that even happened. Okay, no more 80s nostalgia. It was a rough time. Um, I had no idea there was so much political turmoil and propaganda that was like underlying all of these things that we sing to our children and that we have kids like repeat back to us. No idea. Um, the history and the roots behind it. 
Um, I would love to know your favorite nursery rhyme. Uh, I wonder if it has a deeper origin. For example, um, like I said, my Babo is named after the sun. I've said it, you know, in past um, episodes. So, But her name means sunshine. So I love mi- singing the Mr. Sun song. And it goes like, Mr. Sun, Sun, Mr. Golden Sun, please shine down on me. Oh, Mr. Sun, Sun, Mr. Golden Sun, hiding behind the tree. These little children are asking you to please come out so we can play with you. Oh, Mr. Sun, Sun, Mr. Golden Sun, please shine down on me. Um, And I sing that to her. And it's also on the Super Simple channel. Very cute. Um, whenever it comes on, I always get really excited with her. And like we, I try and get her to clap and we play and stuff. And it's really cute. But our wonderful friend of the family and now Nanny, um, who comes a couple of the days out of the week to watch her, um, whenever she she happened to overhear it, like at that one particular time where it came on, I was singing to her and she was like, oh, I never heard this version before. And I'm thinking like, whoa, like, I don't know what you're talking about because like it's called Mr. Sun and it's about Mr. Sun. And I was like, what do you mean? Uh, and she was like, oh, I thought it was Mr. Moon. And I was like, no, it's Mr. <laughs> it's Mr. Sun. What are you talking about? And she said, um, oh, well, here's the lyrics. So she said, Mr. Moon, moon, bright and shiny moon, please shine down on me. Mr. Moon, moon, bright and silvery moon hiding behind the tree. So, so far, so good. There's a man out there with a big shotgun ready to shoot you if you start to run. Mr. Moon, moon, bright and shiny moon, please shine down on me. What? (laughs) So I tried to find out more about it and I could only find the regions where that song, that that version of Mr. Sun is repeated. Um, But I cannot find anything about what it actually means. But the regions in are only in the US. So like I didn't find anything outside of the US. Um, And the regions are Kansas, Mississippi, Ohio, Illinois, Iowa and Washington. So like Midwest, and then like, Northwest, I don't know, I can't quite like follow that. I thought that was really like interesting. Uh, And it turned out whenever I told her that like I'd done some research and like I found the different places. uh, There's a grandparent, like a grandmother and a grandfather from two different places from the list of states I just listed. So I thought that was really interesting. But I was also like, please sing the Mr. Sun version. (laughs) Um, I joked, but I also wasn't joking. Um, So I think that one, the Mr. Sun song is my favorite from childhood. And then also the one I sing to my Bebo. Um, But I did find one I really like as an adult. And I am not condoning this, but I was surprised at the subtle yet powerful nature of it. So um, this is called, and I'll make sure I post this. I'll try and remember to post this when this episode comes out, but it's called Girls Skipping Rhyme. um, And it's from Chokley in a Winter Set um, in the U.S., It goes, I have a deadly nightshade, so twisted does it grow, with berries black as midnight and a skull as white as snow. The vicar's cocky young son came to drink my tea. He touched me without asking, now he's buried neath a tree. But I I was like, wow, what an uncanny thing to imagine little girls skipping to. 
I think that's very interesting. And I wonder what was going on at the time that was causing that to show up. Um, so I found that very interesting. Um, and I don't know much more about it other than just like the rhyme itself. Um, so I can only speculate on what else was going on to cause it to become popular or to cause that to have become a rhyme to begin with. But I thought that was very interesting. So I'd love to know your favorite nursery rhymes. I'd love to look up to see if there's any weird backstory to it or what the origin story of it is at all. And I am super thankful that you let me (laughs) sing nursery rhymes at you today. Um, I will talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.